Welcome to Automotive Insiders, the podcast series presented by OESA, the Original Equipment Suppliers Association. You'll hear from automotive industry experts on the critical issues that are impacting the mobility landscape. Get actionable insights on how to thrive in Automotive 2.0. Now, here's your Automotive Insiders host and moderator, Bonnie D. Graham. Welcome to Automotive Insiders presented by OESA. I'm producer host Bonnie D. Graham. Happy to be here. We've got another info-packed automotive relevant topic for you today. I am joined by two experts. We love our experts here. We're going to be speaking in a moment with Renee Stephen. She is vice president of automotive at a company called We Predict, and she'll tell us all about that. And also joining us is Jennifer. She said I could call her Jen, middle initial A. I never travel without mine. Dukarski. She's an attorney and partner based in Butzel Longs and Arbor, Michigan office. Ladies, experts, welcome to Automotive Insiders. We're so happy to have you here. Renee Stevens, would you please introduce yourself and tell us a little bit about what you do and what is We Predict? Go ahead, Renee. Absolutely. Thanks, Bonnie. Really glad to be here today. Um, so, yeah, I've been uh, vice president of automotive at We Predict for the last three years. Uh, we provide predictive analytics as a service in looking at automotive component um, performance that's happening today and and about to happen in the field to help manufacturers, suppliers really understand uh, how the products are doing in the field and and apply that um, for quality, for for product development, for finance and and safety in many many different ways. Um, but have a long history in automotive. So prior to that, I was vice president of U.S. Auto Quality for J.D. Power. So that was uh, a very interesting um, taking in uh, all of that customer information and voice to customer um, and then launching new technology products out of there. That's how consumers are describing quality anymore by their technology interface. And previous to that, 28 years at General Motors as uh, leading their uh, quality analytics uh, across the globe. Fascinating background. And after we introduce Jan, I'm going to find out from each of you what got you attracted to the automotive industry. That's always, always a fun favorite question of mine. Jen Dukarski, welcome also. Jen, please tell us a little about what you do. You're an attorney and a partner. And what's your role with automotive, Jen? Hi, Bonnie. Thank you so much. I'm very excited to be here. Uh, And I'm an automotive technology attorney. Um, I deal with issues ranging from cybersecurity, data privacy, to automotive compliance, trade secrets, intellectual property, and basically anything that comes up cradle to grave in the technology space in the automotive realm. So that's where I hang my hat. And I'm happy to be at Butts Along and uh, with our automotive practice group there. Thank you very much, Renee. Did you love cars as a little girl? Did you hang out around garages? Come on, tell me, tell us. We love to have these authentic backstories. Talk to me. What what got you involved with automotive? What's your passion come from? Yeah, so um, I would say second generation automotive. Um, my my father um, started off after World War II when General Motors was just building their new tech center. So all those cool little tunnels underground, he got to see how they were developed. Um, and then um, he moved over and worked 30 years at Chrysler. So growing up, I had a lot of Barracudas and Challengers in the driveway, always rubbing up and 
some some state of repair um, going on or drag racing down Grafford Avenue, you know, so uh, a lot, lot of fun growing up. And then when I went to college, I never thought about quality, um, but uh, ended up when I graduated from college, the automotive industry was in one of their famous downturns where no one was hiring. And so I went to be a uh, engineering recruiter and recruit people into these contract positions, um, found a really cool position at in quality at GM and recruited myself in. <laughs> but hey, this looks good. I'll go for it. 28 years later, I was still on my, my tour of duty, and uh, it, it was a fa- it's been a fascinating journey ever since. You had me at Barracudas and Challengers. You really did, because <laughs> I used to live in Cambridge, Massachusetts, and there were two women who lived next door, and they had, I think it was a, a dark green, almost British, British racing green Barracuda, and they washed that car by hand. In Cambridge, people washed their sidewalks and driveways, too. They washed that car lovingly by hand. If you, if a drop of rain got on it, they ran out and polished it off. <laughs> I remember it very well. Jen Dukarski, how did you get started in automotive? Let's have your story. Well, full disclosure, I'm a recovering engineer. I spent 15 years in the industry before ever becoming a lawyer, or even really kind of starting down the path of law school. Uh, my first job uh, out of engineering school was also at General Motors, where I went on to work with the team that designed and launched the very first magnesium steering column. Uh, so from there, I went to another large tier one, Johnson Controls at the time, where I did uh, Six Sigma. I ran their continuous improvement operations for North America as a master black belt and did a lot of troubled launches. So I had my ha- uh, hands dirty in a lot of the big quality issues in seating uh, up until recently. And I've now spent 10 years uh, as an attorney where I've dealt predominantly in the automotive sector. Thank you very much. Absolutely fascinating. Thank you, ladies. I appreciate that. Let's get down to some serious business here. We want to talk about automotive safety. And I'm looking at my notes from before the show. And you told me that suppliers have to navigate a new norm for automotive safety. Renee, why don't you take a couple of minutes to tell us your point of view, and then we'll have Jennifer join and tell hers. And then I have a couple more questions for you. Renee, what do you think? Uh, no, absolutely. It is, you know, we always talk about these new norms, particularly these days um, with COVID-19 and all the other aspects of the industry that uh, companies are dealing with. Um, but there's also been a new norm happening in, in the safety area. And so when you think about the automotive environment right now, a lot of people think of new vehicles, but more and more people are buying used vehicles and vehicles are staying in customers' hands a lot longer than they used to be. Um, because the quality has been improving. Um, so on average, you could have vehicles out there 11 years, 12 years on average. And, and more and more, what we found is that government agencies are looking at these longer timeframes and they're looking at manufacturers and suppliers and saying, hey, you are still responsible for the performance of your product now for these longer time periods. It used to be maybe you know, three years, four years, five years um, was kind of the end of it. Now they're looking at eight years, nine years, 10 years, in some cases, 15 years. And so the responsibility is resting more and more on not only manufacturers, but suppliers' shoulders to understand what's happening and to take responsibility for their products out in the field. But on the flip side, what's happening with these products is that that's right at the time where they drop out of visibility for these 
for these suppliers where they don't really know because they don't see what's happening out in the field. And and so government agencies are saying, hey, you need to take a look at this. You need to understand it. Um, but there is a lack of transparency in the in the industry um, on, on that. So, you know, again, that, that creates a risk for suppliers in the industry if they can't see what's going on on their product during these longer time frames. Thank you. Very, very true. Jen Dukarski, POV, what do you think? Oh, I think that's absolutely right. As a matter of fact, the federal government went ahead and enshrined that in the FAST Act where uh, suppliers have a responsibility to address their products for at least 10 years. Um, so written right into law. Um, Pre-COVID, of course, but my meetings uh, within the last year with our friends at the Office of Defects Investigation at NHTSA um, have all said that they are very interested in continuing to build the relationship with the suppliers, particularly in the areas of emerging technology, um, anything where you might have issues with uh, hardware or software uh, that may last for 5, 10, 15, 20 years, especially things that could be hacked or especially things that really have some um, challenging new points of access where people's data may be transferred back and forth, or you might run into a situation where a vehicle can be stalled remotely. So a lot of those new access technologies are just uh, frightening, and NHTSA wants to make sure that we are doing the right thing in keeping things up to date. Very interesting hacking. Yes, a big concern. And especially as we talk about autonomous vehicles, right? Who controls, who who owns the data, but who controls the system? And there are all kinds of TV shows, futuristic, about somebody sending the car over the bridge or over the side. And who really, anyway, that's a whole, whole other topic. We'll do another day. I have another question for both of you. There's now an expectation that suppliers will be more proactive in identifying and responding to potential safety concerns. In other words, maybe this car could be hacked. Maybe this fuel system will break down. Maybe this belt won't survive a 12-year expectation. What happens if, and not waiting to get that, hello, I'm the manufacturer, your part just failed. So how do we deal with that now? Are they being proactive? Renee, you want to take this one first, please? Yeah, and absolutely, and it's certainly the way it typically has gone. So you're sitting at a supplier, and all of a sudden you get a phone call. So what are you doing about this problem in the end? You know, that's out in the field, and the supplier says, "What problem?" <laughs> they just they don't know. So it, it's kind of twofold. I mean, one, the problem is many suppliers don't have the data they need to actually go and be proactive and look at those. And so that's something we've been doing as a company is going out and going to all of like service facilities across the United States and saying, what's going on with these parts? Can we share that um, more readily with the industry? Because they need to know, they need to see it. And not just at OEM branded dealers, but also looking at independent repair facilities where a lot of customers go when they have to pay out of their pocket and the vehicle's out of warranty, they're going to go where they get the best deal, right? Um, so getting that information and bringing that together and having that data is so important um, for the industry. Um, was that Dr. Deming says that in God, where you trust all others bring data, right? <laughs> so mm-hmm. first it off, you have to have the data. Um, but secondly, you know, looking forward and being able 
you know, data is it's just it's just numbers until you can get information out of it. And so being predictive and using predictive analytics to be able to get ahead of trends and get more proactive is is incredibly important now. And particularly when you talk about, you know, as Jen just mentioned, all of these connected vehicles and all of this mass of data that's coming, again, not to just to manufacturers, but to suppliers, they have to make sense of that very quickly and and decide, okay, there's something going on, and many times combining that modeling with what's happening in the field with what's happening in the vehicle is a very powerful early indicator to get ahead of some of these issues that are going forward. Thank you, Renee. It sounds like proactive goes with predictive in the same sentence. You can't do exactly. one without the other. Jen Dukarski, thoughts, please. What's your point of view? Well, from that standpoint, I'm going to just have to echo what Renee said. I will say that the Office of Defects Investigation really wants suppliers to be partners with NHTSA, to come to the table and to truly understand the data that they have. Now, oftentimes, suppliers find that they're at a big disadvantage. A lot of the information may be something that the OEM keeps and hasn't shared the full spectrum, as Renee suggested, and they need another tool to try to help them figure out where the trends are going and to get really the data they need to make the predictive decisions um, that Renee was talking about. So that sort of a tool is something that I think the regulators are really going to, to be looking to suppliers to adopt, at least the methodology of thinking ahead, using artificial intelligence to try to see where things are going so we can predict failures at an earlier clip because they, they want to form a partnership. NHTSA wants to form a partnership with the supply base. I've been in multiple technical discussions in the past year with these high-tech suppliers, and the question is already already starting. They ask, first off, what's been going on with these five things that we've been watching and monitoring? But then they ask, what is it we don't know about yet? What are you looking at? What are you worried about? What are your trends showing? And what are the predictions you have for the future of this technology that are going to last for 5 to 10 to 15 years? Thank you very much. Also an interesting topic. I want to wrap up with a short answer from each of you. Let's talk about warranties. What happens when a product is outside of warranty? Are all bets off? Is there any coverage? Uh, Predictive, proactive, what's left on the table to deal with? Renee, thoughts? Yeah, it's, it's exactly what we're working with right now is are these timeframes that are outside of warranty that are so important? And so we collect information um, across really the life cycle of the vehicle to be able to go out and understand what's happening outside of warranty because something could be, we, we, we see a lot of parts that are, you know, really early on, you don't see much repairs on them. But then all of a sudden you get past year five, six, seven, they start to climb. And those are the areas um, that you want to go in and look at and, and get and understand not only for safety, but also for your product development and, you know, dependability and reliability and making sure that you're now designing your next product with, with improvements in, in mind. Um, so there is information out there. And in order to grab that information, it's taken a lot of legal wrangling to be able to share it um, with suppliers and with, um, with OEMs. But it's so important to look at because only from that can you really see what's happening in those vehicles outside of those timeframes. Jen Dukarski, what do you think? Is there hope? 
Two quick thoughts, and there is hope. First thought is, if it deals with safety, don't presume a time frame. If you have an issue that has vehicle safety at its heart, we need to address those issues, especially as we're moving towards connected autonomous vehicle technology, because the consumer is only going to adopt that technology if we can prove it's safe. And second, from the standpoint of those ancient warranty and ancient recall issues that we keep hearing about, don't fret. There is potential legal protection if a, an OEM knows about an issue, doesn't get to you very quickly. The Uniform Commercial Code has a little bit of coverage for suppliers, so it's on a case-by-case basis. You have to know the facts, but there is some protection. But remember, if it's safety, let's make sure that the consumers are comfortable with our products as we go forward. Thank you. I like the word of wisdom and warning, and I like the optimism as well. It has been such a pleasure getting to pick your brains, basically, on such interesting topics. Renee Stephens, pleasure to meet you. Have you on Automotive Insiders, Jen Dukarski, as well. I want to wish you both continue to be safe and smart and savvy, and I hope we get to talk again soon. Everybody wave goodbye. Bonnie DeGram signing off for another really interesting episode of Automotive Insiders, presented by OESA, information at OESA.org. Go there today. Bye-bye. Thanks again for tuning in to Automotive Insiders, presented by OESA. Listen at your convenience to industry thought leaders as they discuss the ever-evolving industry and how companies can thrive in the new mobility landscape. All episodes are on demand on the Voice America Business Channel and at OESA.org. Automotive Insider is presented by the Original Equipment Suppliers Association. 